Hello and welcome to another episode of People Who Suffer, a podcast dedicated to helping those of us who suffer, suffer less. And uh, there's a lot of really simple ways to do that, and they're all related back to one knowing. And as always, we're going to talk about that one knowing on this episode, but I'm going to talk about it in a little different way. And that's all we do, right? We're just going to talk about the same thing, only from different directions, because the stuff that's in the way of, of understanding this thing is, is, uh, is different for everyone. It, at, its, at its core, it's the same thing. It's the way we think. Um, but the things we think, the actual things we think, and our attachment to those things is different for all people. So today I want to talk about the difference between processing and understanding. Because I hear this a lot, and I'm sure you hear it a lot, and you probably say it to yourself a lot too. I have to take some time and process this. I'm still processing this. And can you hear the level of work involved in processing? Can you hear the level of mental energy and probably time required to process things. And I get that it's uh, I get that it's a phrase inside the world of psychology, and I get that it works to a degree. But let's understand that there are different degrees of how things work. Some things work really, really well and really quickly, and other things make a difference and take years and years and years to do. So like you can have a, you can have a teaspoon to dig a hole in a in the ground to build a swimming pool. And that works. Like I'm not going to say that doesn't work. It does. And you could take uh, a year digging a hole with a teaspoon and ultimately end up with a hole big enough to build a pool. But you could also come in with a backhoe and dig a hole in five minutes. And there's a whole spectrum of tools that could be used to dig a pool-sized hole. And, And what we sometimes do is we find something that works. And then we're just not open to seeing that even though it's working, it's not working in a really effective way. No, no, but it works for me. You know, that's just the way my brain does things. As a matter of fact, my son came into my office yesterday and said, I'm a little bothered right now, Dad. I was just on the phone with someone, and and this person was saying, that's just the way my brain works. And uh, he said, how do you respond to that? And I said, well, first, just acknowledge that, yeah, that's the way they think it works. Great. Yeah, I can see that. I'm sure your your brain does work that way. It, it's possible it could work other ways too, but yeah, it probably does work that way. So the last thing you want to do is tell somebody that it doesn't work. Because as soon as you do, the identity is going to spring up and defend itself and shut itself down basically from anything that's coming from outside of itself. So uh, you, your conversation will come to a quick end. Anyway, so he... he when I said that to him, he was like, oh, shoot, 
um, uh, that's not what I did. And I'm, I'm like, well, yeah, okay. He said, I'm never going to get this. And I said, yeah, that's just the way your brain works, isn't it? And he's like, uh, you got me. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So there, there's the teaspoon and there is, uh, the backhoe and there might even be more effective tools than that. So given that this podcast is about suffering and how to suffer less, um, Oh, and as a matter of fact, right now, I want to address that. The name of the podcast for a second. It's called People Who Suffer. And and quite often I'm uh, met with some level of opposition to the name of the podcast when I share it with people. And someone um, someone I, I ran into the other day who I hadn't seen in a while, uh, she's a big fan of my daughter, JC, and uh, she had no idea that that I was JC's dad and she was shocked and it was at, it was at a golf course and she was working on the cart there and um and then uh, I ran into her later in the round and I said you know Jace is going to be on my podcast or Jace was just on the podcast and um she said you have a podcast I said yeah she said what's it called I said people who suffer and she said why <laughs> And I said, do you know anyone who is suffering right now? She said, oh my gosh, yes, everyone. I said, do you suffer from time to time? Uh, yeah, all the time. So can you understand why all of us, since we're all doing the same thing, could use a podcast that is directed towards us and towards our suffering and, and a way to have that? And she was like, yeah, yeah, it's a perfect name. Great. Now, I don't expect that everyone's going to agree with me that it's a perfect name, but hey, uh, this is who I'm talking to. I'm talking to people who suffer, and if people have absolutely zero suffering, first of all, I want to meet them because I want to know how that's possible, how how one lives on such a, a spiritual plane that there's never any suffering. Um, and and secondly, you know, there's lots of other things that, that they can do. They, they won't need to listen to this podcast if they never suffer. So, so back to processing versus understanding. Now, if we had a, uh, a spectrum of ways to deal with suffering, uh, processing wouldn't be at one end of the spectrum and understanding at the other processing would land somewhere, you know, somewhere on the spectrum, but probably towards, you know, middle beginning somewhere in there. But there's a lot of tools that would go beyond that. And, and understanding would be the other side of the spectrum, because when we understand things, the suffering ends. When we understand, um, when we understand mental suffering, it ends because we see it for what it is. Now, um, so let's go, go back for a moment and, and reconsider what suffering is. And I've, I've talked about this on a previous episode, that, that suffering is having an experience different from the one we think we should be having. And that is the, the root of suffering. But what that root does is it creates a lot of thinking. And thinking is not an antidote to suffering. As a matter of fact, 
Have you ever heard or thought of going into any mental health professional and uh, having this request? Would you please make my mind busier? No. I mean, you can hear the ridiculous nature of that request, right? No one goes to a mental health professional with the desire to have a busier mind. The reason they find themselves seeking out a mental health professional is because their mind won't shut up. Because it is so busy that they can't get it to quiet down. That is what mental illness is. And let's not get carried away with mental illness. It's not really illness. It's chronic mental stress. And when that chronic mental stress goes away, illness goes with it because they're one and the same. Now, maybe in me talking about this in this way right now, you're starting to see the difference between processing and understanding. In processing, what do we do? If we're mentally trying to process something, what do we do? We think about it more. We think about it from many different angles. We try to make intellectual sense of it. We try to find evidence to support why it happened. We try to find uh, things in the world that will uh, be examples of where other people did the same thing and how to deal with that based on other people's experiences. And how could this happen? Well, I guess, okay, let's look at this. Well, this must have been my fault, and this must have been that person's fault. And then, and, and it becomes a really, really futile exercise. Futile. It, you could find millions and millions of reasons. You could find an unending, infinite number of reasons why something happened and ways to think about why something happened. And this is processing, but what it really is doing is adding more and more and more thought to an already cluttered mind. And busier minds are not moving towards mental stability. They are moving away from mental stability because mental illness is chronic mental stress. And so we don't want to be introducing more mental stress into our lives to make it more chronic. There is inside us, and I talked about this on the last podcast. I talked about um, the psychological innocence. And in that episode, I gave an example of understanding being a noun and talked about if, if understanding were a person and it came in and followed you everywhere you went, you would have access to what understanding could see and understanding would see things as they are. And by its very nature, it does one thing. It understands, has no other job. It understands. And then I at the end of that episode, I, I said, listen, understanding isn't sitting beside you. It's not standing beside you. It's inside you. It is you. And the thing that gets in the way of us experiencing 
that understanding that is innately who we are, our, the, it's, it is one of the names to describe our spiritual selves. One of the things that gets in the way of it, as a matter of fact, the only thing that gets in the way of it is busyness of mind. So I've had people sitting in my chair and, you know, talking to me about needing to process something. And I generally say, you can do that. That's an option. And for, you know, with respect to this particular podcast where I'm talking about it more directly, I'd say, yeah, it is an option. So is a teaspoon an option to dig a hole to build a pool. It's an option. And it works. And it takes a very, very long time to produce the result you're looking for. And it may never produce the result you're looking for because very few of us would have the patience to dig a hole with a teaspoon that's going to take a year. We just don't have that kind of patience as a, a general experience in society. We want things more quickly than that. And so... Processing leads to mental burnout, which leads to mental fatigue, mental giving upness. It, it, you know, there's a lot of things that uh, people are processing for years and years and years on end. And the challenge with trying to process through something is that the, the, the likelihood of actually getting through it is, is small. And when you get through it, you'll find out at the end that it wasn't really the processing that did it. It's that eventually you found understanding. And understanding understands. And it is you. And it's what you have access to the moment your mind goes silent. I've said this on here before, but I'm going to say it again. Buddha said that the greatest state any human could ever achieve was the state of no thought. Why? Well, because underneath thought is presence. And presence isn't uh, an expression of time. It's a word used to describe the feeling of the spiritual truth of who we are. Not even the feeling, the actual spiritual truth of who we are. We are presence. And when we are in the act of being present... We are simply experiencing the being that is our spiritual being. That means that our minds have gone silent. We're no longer thinking and we're feeling what lives underneath thought. Now, the beauty of the, the thing that lives underneath thought is that it is understanding. And I know I'm being repetitive, but there's so much value in repeating truth because when you repeat truth, it continues to resonate until it becomes um, familiar to our intellectual selves so that our identities don't fight against it so much. And so when we go back and uh, to the example, the, the little story of my son coming in and talking about being frustrated with somebody who says, that's just the way my brain works. And then, and then noticing in the next moment, actually not noticing, I had to point it out to him. 
before he noticed it, but behaving in the exact same way by saying, I'm never going to get this. I guess I'll just never be able to get it. And I said, yeah, that's just the way your mind works, right? And he starts laughing. I know I told that story earlier, but it's, it's important to repeat it, given that the context of that story now is that I've said a bunch of things between the first time I told it and the second time I told it, so the story may sound a little bit different. So, I, and I don't want to dismiss the way we do things. That's, that's not really my goal. I don't expect that everyone is going to find themselves at the peak of spiritual understanding, including myself. Like, I'm not always going to be there, and I'm not always there. But I know how it works. I've had a couple of experiences that have really, really shown me how things are and how, how it works. And from those experiences, I now have a reference point from it. So what I do with people is I help them to experience what it is to be in the spiritual truth of who they are, help them experience a quiet mind. And quiet mind shows up in body language. Quiet mind shows up with a complete release of tension. And I will have people sitting in front of me who come to me in a state of, of extreme tension, chronic mental stress. It's very obvious. It's obvious to me. It's obvious to them. And then as we talk and I share things like I'm sharing today, all of a sudden they will sit back in their chair and go, huh? And their shoulders will relax and their faces will light up and they'll look different. And because I know what's going on, I can help point them towards what they're feeling right now. Ah, you're feeling what it is to have a quiet mind right now. How did it feel for you? And a vast proportion of them would, will, will use the word hope. I feel hopeful. That's a good feeling, isn't it? And many others will say, I feel relief. I feel light. I feel good. I feel alive. I feel energy. I feel, and the number of words, they're, <laughs> it's funny, they're, they're all words that come from inside of the circle in the graphic that I share on my Instagram account, at Andrew McKee Coach, and um, I, you know, I haven't posted a lot on there, because I don't really feel like there needs to be a lot on there. I will post more, but all of it is going to really just be a reference back to the first few posts that I did, um, which, you know, have, have those graphics on the, the spectrum of feeling and then the, the difference between I am, uh, who I really am and who I think I am, which is identity and, li and lives outside. So identity, again, this is another way to look at this. Your identity wants to feel smart. It wants to feel intelligent, so it wants to feel like it's on the right track all the time, whether or not it is, and mostly it isn't. Um, there is a an episode of Seinfeld, and I don't know if many of you, I think a lot of 
you who are listening to this program are listeners of JC and Chelsea, and you're probably a little bit younger. You may not have watched much Seinfeld. But if you have Netflix, this isn't a plug for Netflix, but on Netflix right now, I think is Seinfeld. If you have Netflix, go and look up the episode called The Opposite. And it's where George uh, starts doing the opposite, the complete opposite of his instinct. And, and then everything in his life turns around and starts to work out well. Well, there's so much truth in that episode. And there's so much truth in all of the episodes because comedians just have a great um, ability to live from awareness and notice things that are so simply obvious that most of the rest of us are not noticing them because we're so caught up in our habitual living. And and then when it gets pointed out, we laugh at it. We go, oh my gosh, that's so funny. And then we go back to habitual living and miss the the real lesson in it, which is George's life would have been far better served to be living the complete opposite way of his instinct. An instinct is driven by identity and the opposite would just be the opposite. Anyway, so if we can find a way to to really just notice that our identities are trying to be intelligent, they're trying to defend us um, from perceived danger, which isn't actually happening, it's, it's really manufactured, imagined danger, then we'll see that so often the path we're going down to try to process through our suffering is actually the wrong path to go down. That if we were to simply allow our minds to go quiet, then the thing that was causing us suffering previously, we get to see it from awareness. We get to see it actually as being outside ourselves, which it is. And we get to see it for what it is, because when we see from understanding, we see things as they truly are. This is not processing. It takes no time. It happens immediately. As a matter of fact, I don't know if I've mentioned this on a previous podcast, but I say it all the time uh, in client conversations that there's a saying in comedy, and I changed the saying. I may have even said this on the last podcast. I really can't remember right now. But again, it's worth hearing again because every time we hear something, we are hearing it from where we are in that moment. So it doesn't help us to say, I've heard this before. What really helps us is to go, oh, how can I hear this now? And my mom actually says that all the time. She says, you know, I've I've gotten really forgetful, so I may have told you this before. And I, I don't care if she's told it to me before. I want to hear it again. Anyway, so there's a saying in comedy that I have modified a little bit. Comedy, it says... Tragedy plus time equals comedy. And I, again, change it from tragedy to suffering. Suffering plus time equals comedy is what that saying turns into. But, again, time isn't required. 
Time could represent all of this. It could represent processing. It could represent whatever we think needs to pass. I need to get far enough away from that incident so that I can look at it without it causing me a lot of chronic mental stress. But really what needs to happen and what can happen, doesn't really need to happen, but if you want your experience of life to be much more pleasant quickly, then it would be helpful if it did happen. And that is to get in a very tranquil state of mind and then observe the thing that was causing us suffering. Because once the mind is tranquil, the thought goes away, the processing ends, we find ourselves viewing it from silence, then understanding which lives in us, which is us, sees the thing for what it is, and it becomes laughable. <laughs> it's, it's like when... Um, Somebody calls me a name. Somebody calls me an idiot. And I often can be an idiot. And there's my response, actually. So if somebody were to, to call me an idiot, if I were in a tranquil state of mind, well, then they're not likely to call me idiot from that state of mind because uh, I'm not likely to be one from that state of mind. But let's say that I was in a state of busyness of mind and I did some things that could be viewed as idiotic. And somebody was around me, and before they had a chance to say, Andrew, you're an idiot, I was able to, to fall out of that mentally stressed state and fall into tranquility of mind. And they said, Andrew, you're an idiot. Then I would look at them and say, you know what? I often can be. And I may have been just a moment ago. I, I don't feel like one now, but, but that's okay. And that is such a different response than I would give if I were in a state of identity where I felt the need to protect myself. Because again, what does identity want more than all other things? It wants to be loved, it wants to be approved of, it wants validation, it wants affirmation, it wants all of these things. Uh, none of these things are necessary because your identity, first of all, is not even who you are. It's not. It is simply a compilation of thoughts and experiences and ideas of, of who you are that you, other people see and, and you think are you. But when we get silent, that, that's not who we are. We are the spiritual truth of who we are, which is our spiritual being, which lives inside. So again, I, I have kind of beaten a dead horse with this, but processing although functional to a degree, is a lot like a teaspoon digging a hole for a, a, the future build of your in-ground pool. Does it work? Sure, it produces a result. But the result is small, it may be leading you in the wrong direction, and it is not the best way to achieve the result of what you're wanting to process for. The only reason you'd want to process something is so you could get to the other side of it so you could feel better. And feeling better is how you feel right now underneath your busyness of mind. So instead of going into a mental health professional with a request that your mind be busier, go in with the request that your mind can get quieter or don't go in at all and just notice that when your mind is quiet, you feel better. Because that 
is what understanding can give to you, and understanding is who you are. So this is another short one today, because in order to stick with the, the name of the title, I just, I can't go on and on and on about it any longer than this. We are understanding. Understanding is the feeling that we seek. It lives in all of us. And the thing that gets in the way of it is chronic mental stress. And so that's why this program is called People Who Suffer, because we all understand that experience and we would all love to have less of it. So hopefully that's what we get to do. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. I hope you listen again soon.